We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of my Straightcast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire. We are another week into the offseason. Most of us are wrapping up or have wrapped up our Scott Fishbowl drafts, and Nathan Powell is a board-certified behavior analyst. How's it going tonight, Dan? Well, I think, first of all, before we talk about me, I, I got to give you and make sure everybody listening goes and congratulates Nathan. That is a massive deal. I'm extremely proud of you. If my text messages uh, <laughs> when when it happened, uh, it didn't do it justice. Very, very happy to see that. Very proud uh, to have you as not only my co-host, but one of my great friends. I will say one of my other co-hosts that I've I've had in the past did call me on Saturday. Oh. So I mean, <laughs> he's only got but, two kids. He's got more time. Oh no, Russell, not Eric. Oh, <laughs> he has zero kids. He has zero kids <laughs> and zero wives. All right, let's get into the show. Uh, today we're gonna have some fun. I I I'm not sure. Sh- first of all, David Somerville, I know you're listening. I'm not sure if you meant this as a dig. But he he said, quote, unquote, what games in our chat, uh, one of our league chats today. And I was like, you know what? We haven't been going hard enough with the games. So we're going from zero to 100 real quick. We're doing a games extravaganza. We're going through almost every game that we've played on Dice Straight Cast. Probably we'll see how long this lasts. But, you know, we're doing probably one or two things from each game, doing a little this or that. A lot of them are, are end up just being like, you know, different ways to ask which side of a trade you like. But, you know, that's. That's how the nice trade cast started. Yeah, we are game driven. David was absolutely uh, trying to get us to do something for once. So we have to abide by the dude. And he is, I think, as close to the dude as you can get. <laughs> All righty. So let's get into the show. Uh, 
So the first one we have, and of course we know when when we, when they're singing, they're I mean when they're singing. When there's games, there's usually accompanied singing. So it's going to be a musical episode tonight, straight cast. So the first one we have is rookie, rookie of the vet, rookie of I the felt vet. That, I felt that one. You kind of you projected that a little bit. That was nice. <laughs> it was beautiful. Rookie of the vet. Uh, very self-explanatory. We pit one rookie versus one vet, um, usually of the same position. And that's what we'll be doing today. These are guys that are similar on Rotoviz, Triflex, ADP. So break them down. We're going to look at them and decide which one we want based on our preferences. First one, Travis Etienne, Jacksonville Jaguars, or Clyde or Clyde, Clyde Edwards <laughs> L.A.R. Of the Kansas City Chiefs, are you taking the rookie ETN or the vet CEH? It's kind of a weird one because we we don't really know what either is, I think, at this point still. Uh, I think people have a pretty good handle on what they believe Clyde Edwards-Alaire is, but I'm not sure we got the whole story last year. I I do feel like he was pretty darn underwhelming, uh, especially in what was and, and what could continue to be an extremely high flying offense, especially if you add a true run game into that mix, we could, we could definitely see some more, but for me, CEH was, was just kind of whatever. I I think I prefer most of the other rookie running backs last year, all said and done. Uh, And I think most of them probably stay above him here in the rankings. And then we have the rookie Travis Etienne who, uh, I thought the world of in, in college, I was a little bit skeptical at first on the landing spot because they do still have James Robinson, who I, I do think will still have a role, but I don't think the James Robinson role will affect Travis Etienne as much as the secondary pieces in KC will, affle- will affect Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I still think KC is going to use as many of its weapons as they can, uh, and that's not necessarily a Jared Mc- uh, Jarek McKinnon <laughs> tweet uh don't don't look too far into that because i'll probably send that tweet here in a couple of months <laughs> but i i just think that there's more potential in travis Etienne's game i i think i have to go etn i have to take the rookie here you know we don't know what jacksonville is going to be but i i think the player on, on talent alone i'm not sure the talent is even close the only reason this is a question is because one offense is the best in the National Football League, and one of these offenses could be one of the best in the National Football League. That, and I am a naysayer of James Robinson as much as I want to be, but James Robinson is better than anything that's competing with Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the Chiefs' backfield. So, I, but I am also going ETN here, but I will say there are there are ways where you can talk yourself into Edwards-Alaire here. It's, it's basically a short-term play. Like, okay, I'm looking for points in 2021. I would... I would take CEH before ETN in a redraft league. I would take CEH over ETN in like a one to three year league, even maybe. But, you know, that's where it caps off. If you're in a dynasty league where you're expected to play four or five, six years, then ETN is the play for me here. Yeah, I guess there's an outside chance they limit ETN early. Uh, And we know that CEH won't be limited. It'll just kind of be how much is KC actually going to run and how much of it's going to be CEH, especially late in games when they're most likely leading probably don't want to wear on their you know their expensive running back that they spent some draft capital on so uh, you know you can you can write a case for both guys in in pretty much any scenario but I, for me I just think there's so much more upside with Travis Etienne 
All right, let's move on to our next one. And our next one is going to be uh, we're talking talking tight ends. So uh, cover your ears for a few minutes, Dan. Um, tight ends. <laughs> you don't want me to respond then? Is that <laughs> you can just talk this one through? Tight ends. We have the rookie, Pat Fryermuth, or Cole Komet, rookie of that. I will start us off here. And I will say, if you're asking me who I think is going to have the best football career, I think it's not that close, and I think it's easily Firemuth. If you're asking me who is the better dynasty asset today, who is the better fantasy uh, you know, tight end in 2021, I think it's very easily Cole Komet. Uh, I, I think that I'm very much buying into the Justin Fields Bears offense. And you know, I might be disappointed when we have some Andy Dalton to start the year, but I, I think that these weapons in Chicago, Allen Robinson, Cole Komet, David Montgomery, when Justin Fields gets, gets cooking, have legitimate, like, you know, top five, top seven upside at their positions. So I, I'm buying Komet here over Fryermuth on the sole purpose of I trust Justin Fields. I think that he he creates a high ceiling for, for Komet. And Fryermuth is going to be a tight end who has who needs time to develop. And he's going to be in an offense that has some uncertainty with the future of Big Ben. Yeah, I think that's the big difference, honestly, is in the short term, you know, it might be Andy Dalton, but we know we're getting Justin Fields at some point. I know you and I are, are fairly high on Justin Fields and, and truly do believe that he is a franchise quarterback, whereas in Pittsburgh, we don't know who's going to be throwing the ball beyond 2021. Honestly, it, it, this could be it for Big Ben. Uh, we've been saying that for, what, five years now, but this one, this one seemed more like the retirement talk was actually like he thought about hanging it up and then they came back because of the whole contract thing, figured everything out, got it done, came back for one more. So, um, uh, you know, as historically great as the uh, tight end position has been in Pittsburgh, I just, I, I think it's kind of run its course. Uh, who knows how much longer Tomlin is going to be there. Obviously, like I already mentioned with big Ben and there's so much upside in Chicago I hope that Justin Fields gets the keys right away. But even if he doesn't, Andy Dalton is serviceable, I guess. He can keep the position afloat. We saw him do okay in Dallas. Obviously, he wasn't uh, – it was no Dak Prescott. But he he can hold his own, and they have plenty of weapons there now, which hasn't been really the case uh, in the last few years. So up and down the board, I, I think it's pretty easily Cole Komet, and I'm not sure I would even consider – uh, consider Pat it, you know, really in any in any situation. Yeah, outside of a complete like I'm I'm rebuilding and I'm not going to you know see anything for a couple of years. But but even then, Cole Komet is what twenty four. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to our next game, which is keep trade drop 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 keep trade drop. It's going to be a keep trade drop based on some Rotoviz. Triflex ADP. These guys are going back to back to back, 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 back. They had the home run derby yesterday. Uh, we missed Chris Berman. Um, keep trade drop. Cortland Sutton, Dallas Goddard, Trey Sermon. What are you doing with this amalgamation of value? I'm I'm trying to recover from the back, 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 back you just <laughs> attempted to do. Oh, dear Lord. Well, I love two of these guys. I think the third has an immense amount of upside, but we don't really know. Uh, and that don't really know is Dallas Goddard, believe it or not. I love Trey Sermon. I thought he was going to be that guy at Oklahoma. Uh, injuries kind of kept him away. And then I thought he was going to be that guy at Ohio State. And depth kind of, and maybe some lingering injuries as well, kind of kept him as just a 
middle of the road guy, but I see Trey Sermon a lot like I saw Joe Mixon, however many years ago, as someone that has every tool in the tool belt. It's can he stay on the field? Because coming out of that Lincoln Riley offense and and you know what was the Stoop slash Riley offense back in the day, we know what we're getting in these guys. They are NFL ready. They are ready for the full workload. They can catch. They can run. And I mean, they're built to last uh, aside from the injury worries, which I guess comes into build a little bit. Um, so Trey Sermon, I feel like is someone that's not going to gain a whole lot of value. He isn't going to get big return in, in any kind of trade. It's just kind of one of those guys that a lot of people are like, well, I guess he's there. I'll take him. So I'm actually going to hold Trey Sermon here. I, I think he has the most upside to gain with a, kind of sneaky high floor in my opinion, especially going to San Francisco and getting in a Shanahan offense. That's massive in my opinion. Um, now I love Cortland Sutton, but another guy that I don't think can really gain much. He's kind of in a middle spot for wide receivers. We, I think we all assume Jerry Judy is going to become the alpha there, uh, but they're probably going to be a one, a one B type thing. And we also don't know who the quarterback's going to be. So I, I worry that you also aren't going to draw enough in a trade to try to get Cortland Sutton or, or to try to get enough for Cortland Sutton to make the move worth it. Where a Dallas Goddard trade, especially with all of the news about Zach Ertz, we don't know if he's going to be traded. We don't know if he's going to be on the roster day one. As soon as that as that chip is is dropped, I mean, Goddard's automatically just skyrockets. He's going to be probably a top four tight end at that point. Uh, he might be somewhat close to that now, but I think he moves into that Waller category uh, right after Kittle and Kelsey. And you even have Kyle Pitts right there. And I think that puts Goddard right into that conversation. Whether we believe he's that talented or not, the perception of a Philadelphia tight end not producing big time numbers it's just it, it. that's not in anyone's perception. Everyone assumes he's going to smash once he gets the full-time job. So I think I'm trading Goddard uh, and, and accepting what should be the biggest return of all three. So who, who are you keeping your drop? So I'm going to keep Trey Sermon. I'm dropping Cortland Sutton and I'm trading Dallas Goddard. Okay. So Dallas Goddard, surprisingly, is going four rounds after tight end four, Darren Waller. Dallas Goddard is going tight end eight at 7-10. So for me, I think he is the keep here because when – and I, I know that you were kind of like projecting like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make the trade today. I'm going to make the trade when the Eagles thing happens. But like you said, Dallas Goddard is going to gain value when Ertz is no longer an Eagle. Granted, I thought by July 13th he would no longer be an Eagle, so I'm not Same. sure what's going on there. But there's also the possibility that it doesn't matter, that Zach Ertz just isn't good anymore. He's just broken. Um, it's definitely within the range of outcomes. So with Goddard, I, I'm definitely keeping him in the at, at, in the seventh round at you know his uh, super uh, his tight end premium ADP. Um, and so then... The next question would be, I, I guess I'm going to drop Sutton. Uh, I feel like his value hasn't really retained what you know many expected from the injury. And it's a lot of it is due to the Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater mess. Now, much like an Ertz uh, tr uh, transaction might help Goddard's ADP, 
obviously, if Sutton gets Aaron Rodgers, that'll help his. But yeah. it's tough to really project that at this point. So that's what that's what makes him my drop. And then Trey Sermon. I think people are excited about Kyle Shanahan. People are excited about uh, you know Sermon being the RB one there with Jeff Wilson getting hurt. I know that's not exactly the only thing obstacle ahead of him, but. You know, people are really excited about running backs these days. We're, we're getting back to the age of nobody cares about anything but running backs. I So here's my question. Are people really that excited? Because he's going 84 overall. And if the perception is that he is the RB1 in San Francisco, how is he not going 34 or 44? He's going 84 overall. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that certainly makes sense. I mean, the, the reason why he's going not higher than that is because at the end of the day, he was the third round pick and not a first or second round pick. And so, but yeah, I mean, I agree that like, honestly, all three of these guys, like I would, I would take all these guys at, in the, the late seventh round ADP. Like they're all fine values here. I agree. I, I think the value, the value of them is, is wonderful. Um, and we just need to see what these roster moves are. If, if Denver gets Cortland Sutton, holy, or if Denver gets uh, Aaron Rodgers, holy cow, Cortland Sutton also all of a sudden is a huge steal. If Zach Ertz isn't in Philadelphia, I mean, Goddard skyrockets. And if San Francisco features Trey Sermon, I mean, that's all she wrote. They, they, all three of these guys can move up into the fourth round instantly. I just want to take a second to thank you for tuning in to today's show. My name is Colin Kelly, co-host of the Road of His Overtime podcast, along with the great Sean Siegel. We do appreciate each and every listener, and as a thank you to each of you, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL pass. We're heading at full speed towards the season. Make sure you're ready. Get yourself access to all the content and tools up on the Road of His website. All you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout to get yourself that 10% discount. Now let's go and dominate those fantasy leagues in 2021 we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now it's time to enter the courtroom. I will say, normally in courtroom, we have three people. We have a judge and two uh, two lawyers, two, two people who are arguing. Uh, today, America, you listening, you're the judge. So I'm going to post polls of these two trades um, You know, when the podcast comes out, and you will decide who made the better argument between Dan or myself. And I'll start us off in three, two, Hello, everybody. I am I am Derrick Henry, Jamal Chase, 
and some guy named Langu. <laughs> and I'm here to defend my clients, Derek Henry, Jamal Chase, and Langu, against Cam Akers, A.J. Dillon, and Brandon Ayuk. So, today, I'm going to say one thing, one very important thing. Derek Henry is a monster. He is inhuman. He is an alien. He does not apply to the second contract running back. He could be on his eighth contract. I would not care. He would He's that good, Derrick Henry. Derek, let's break it down one by one. Derrick Henry. Oh, did I say I'm? Did I say I'm facing Cam Makers, AJ Dillon, yeah, I already you, did. I did. You, you I did. mentioned that. So, let's break it down one by one. Derrick Henry versus Cam Makers. It, it's close. It's sure. It's close. But Cam Makers, we're making leaps and bounds and jumps and going through hoops. I don't know what we're doing because he hasn't shown what Derrick Henry has shown as being a top NFL running back. So, for that reason, give me Derrick Henry over Cam Akers. And now, Jamar Chase versus A.J. Dillon and Brandon Ayuk. A.J. Dillon, his quarterback, is Jordan Love. He stinks. So, Jamar Chase or Brandon Ayuk? It's Jamar Chase. He's a top five pick. you got to do what you got to do. Henry Chase is the safer option. It's the better option. It has more upside. I don't know why anyone would take Akers, Dillon, Ayuk. I don't even know how to follow that, sir. Uh, I'm not sure if <clears throat> if you were about to get ready for a crawfish boil or if you were I, – I, I don't know what that was. Uh, I apologize. Um, okay, well, I, I'm going to just kind of stay in my normal character, and let's talk about Cam Akers, Brandon Ayuk, and A.J. Dillon. First of all, Quadzilla's in there. We all wanted Saquon Barkley as Quadzilla, but unfortunately, folks, that's A.J. Dillon. That's worth more, I mean, more than probably the whole batch on the other side here, just to start with. But also, talk about King Derrick Henry and, and how great he is. He's probably the fourth best piece in this whole trade, if we're being completely honest. Uh, I, I, I don't get it. Second, second contract running back on a team that just added a huge pass catcher. I feel like they're going to start throwing the ball a little bit more there, sir. And, you know, Jamar Chase could be great. I would like to think he's going to be great. But Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and the return of Joe Burrow, who knows how he fits in there. Obviously, they spent the money on him. They spent the picks on him. But we already know what we have in Brandon A. Yuck. We know what we're getting in Cam Akers. Both of these guys are young. Do we? Do we? We don't know what we have with Brandon A. Yuck with Debo Samuel by his side. We know Ayuk without Samuel, but now we're going to add Samuel. What's going to happen to Ayuk? He's going to turn into mush. All I can tell you is the facts that I have, all right? The facts are the community, the market, they love this guy. They want him on their team. They want Cam Akers on their team. We got some playoff work out of Cam Akers, right? We saw him compete and win when it mattered, and that is important to everybody. We saw Brandon A. Yook compete and win. Doesn't matter if Debo Samuel wasn't there. We know this kid can ball. And like I said when I started, I mean, we got quads for days on this side. So those are the facts. That's what I've got. All right. Well, Twitter, you can decide who made the better argument. Uh, the low voice gentleman, or or the other guy. Are you doing? Are you doing like the nutty professor? Are you? 
Is this an Eddie Murphy thing? I don't know. I'm, I'm just hoping I don't get canceled for this accent. <laughs> yeah, I was starting to get worried. Is it racist or is it someone from Louisiana? I can't figure it out. <laughs> All right. Let's go to our next one. You start the next one. All right. Well, I'm back in court for my second round uh, of defense today. Uh, I will be representing my clients, Rashad Bateman and Logan Thomas. Appreciate everyone being here today. We uh, we actually uh, will be uh, defending against uh, this Noah Fant. It sounds like a drink of some kind, maybe, maybe like an orange soda, uh, Fant. I think that's what those are called. Anyways, Rashad Bateman put up some incredible numbers, incredible highlights at the University of Minnesota. Now, I don't know if you know much about college football, sir, but we don't get those kind of folks coming out of Minnesota. And when that happens, they're usually pretty special. So Rashad Bateman now gets to go into a wonderful, great, just perfect offense for a wide receiver. Why, you ask? Well, they don't really have an established one. They've got some bodies. They've got a tight end, and they've got a quarterback that is two years off of what was one of the better passing seasons ever. They took a year off. They decided to run some more, maybe because they didn't have said weapons. And maybe maybe the quarterback, uh, good old Lamar Jackson, maybe his, maybe his confidence just wasn't there. But the confidence is back, all right? Rashad Bateman is there. They've got a whole slew, a whole smattering of wide receivers, pass catchers. And it's going to be different this time. Plus, you've got a really nice, which doesn't happen often, depth tight end option in Logan Thomas. They bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick after the quarterback carousel from hell. And all of a sudden, you've got the beard ready to tear things up in fantasy once again. Logan Thomas came off a pretty decent year. It was one of those league-type winner guys because of his cost to acquire. And you know what? He's still cheap. So you pair him with this high upside rookie. I don't know how you don't take that over whatever this orange soda is. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why you wouldn't want to take that. You wouldn't want to take it. You don't want to take it because you got Noah, Noah fan, Noah fan on the other <coughs> side of this agreement. And you got Noah fan. Noah Fant has tied in one overall upside. Tied in one overall upside. You don't have that. Rashad Bateman, his upside is like, why is he on three? Yeah, Logan Thomas, his, his upside is a little low-end tight end one. Noah Fant has some upside. And we talked about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to the Denver Broncos. And everyone knows Jermichael Finley, Robert Tanyan, all these great tight ends that have been from Aaron Rodgers. Noah Fant's the next one. You know, put put them all in the Hall of Fame. Noah Fant, Jermichael Finley, and Robert Tanyan. I, I don't understand what you're even talking about. Rashad Bateman, the, Lamar Jackson is going to throw the ball 18 times, and eight of those targets are going to Hollywood Brown. So, you know, it is what it is, but you took the wrong side, young, young fella. You took the wrong side. I got Noah Fant, and he is going to be a tight end one overall in two years. 
Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I would just like to state that there were about three or four different people in there uh, defending Noah Fant. I know it was only supposed to have been one, but they snuck in a, a three or four other people. So just wanted to make that clear. All right, that should wrap up the nice courtroom. Uh, <laughs> as always, my my terrible accents are terrible, but also in good fun. Um, so hope you all hated them. Next one, got to go back back to the days. Uh, Dan, I have been engaged for like eighteen years now, um, but before those days where I was engaged, I, I was on the Tinder uh, and I swiped right on my now fiance, and now we're gonna play Dynasty Tinder um, on Dynasty Treecast. So for those that don't remember this game, it's basically a this or that. You, you are one side of the, uh, of the trade, and you decide if you want to swipe right, accept the trade, or swipe left, decline the trade. So for the first one, Dan, we are Aaron Jones, David Moore, and Drew Brees. And on our screen pops up uh, the spectacular Zico Elliott, Anthony Ferkser, and Josh Reynolds. This is Superflex tight end premium. Uh, well, I think I'm, I'm just pretty instantly swiping, right? I I would rather have Zeke over Aaron Jones. I know, I know there's been a lot of hate towards Ezekiel Elliott, uh, especially early, well, the end of the season to early off season to uh, current. Um, and with the, the kind of the unknown of Aaron Rodgers, I I would, I mean, in my opinion, uh, Aaron Rodgers leaving is real bad for Aaron Jones. It's already bad enough that they haven't committed to him, even though he got a contract. The fact that they kept can just kept giving touches to Jamal Williams. will assume that AJ Dillon is taking that role because they're essentially the same guy. I, I just don't see how that is better. If, if it's Jordan love and Anthony Ferkser is an, an upside only tight end zero cost to acquire. And I mean, definitely a better end of bench guy than either David Moore or Drew Brees, in my opinion. And I actually think there's a decent amount of upside in Josh Reynolds. Uh, even, you know, I was I was collecting as many, many shares as I could prior to the uh, Julio Jones move. But even still, I, I think there's a lot of upside for Josh Reynolds. We know Julio Jones has a, a tough time, A, staying healthy, and B, being on the field. So uh, even if he's out there as somewhat of a decoy, uh, you know, I, I think Reynolds has an opportunity to eat even with AJ Brown and Julio Jones out there. Yeah, for me, I have been a Ezekiel Elliott detractor, but the one positive for Zeke is that I'm buying all of the Dallas offense. And, you know, by default, like unless he's completely toast, Zeke's going to be an RB1 because the Dallas offense is going to be so good. And then you have the concerns of no Aaron Rodgers with Aaron Jones. And I think Ferkser and Josh Reynolds are both very solid, you know, just, you know, pieces. Like I think before the Julio trade, Ferkser was a legitimate, like low end tight end one. Post Julio trade, he's still a nice guy to like have as like a tight end two, but I don't really think he has that tight end one upside. Yeah, I mean, it just, it just kind of depends on who stays healthy. And, and you know, we, we saw Johnny Smith and just kind of a, a random assortment of tight ends over the last few years in Tennessee just randomly score points. So uh, I, I think there's enough upside there. But uh, getting the two together, you're essentially just locking up the third option in Tennessee from a, a pass catching standpoint. And uh, I don't mind that. I, I think uh, Derek Henry will get a good amount of work, obviously, only on the ground. 
And then all of the, the you know, the air raid goes through AJ Brown, Julio Jones, and then one of these two. And, and that's pretty much the extent of it. Potentially both of them. All right, let's move on. So we're both swiping right on as you go out there. And our next one will be, we are Joe Mixon, Andy Dalton, Tyler Johnson, and Tyler Croft. Joe Mixon, Andy Dalton, Tyler Johnson, Tyler Croft. And onto our screen pops, Kirk Cousins, Chris Carson, Darrington Evans, and Travis Fulgham. Once again, Superflex, tight end premium. See, this one for me is almost another instant swipe right. Uh, I'm, I've always been a huge Mixon fan. I, I think he's one of the most talented backs around, but he's just never, ever healthy. And, you know, on that side, you know, Dalton's a short-term guy for quarterback. I love Tyler Johnson, but he's got plenty of bodies in front of him as well. And Tyler Croft is just a huge question mark. You have Kirk Cousins, who is extremely undervalued in pretty much every scenario. Who's an a QB one all day, every day, but he's treated like a mid QB two. And then you have Chris Carson, who went on the field in Seattle has been nothing but great. Um, I, I think we can all agree that the whole Rashad Penny thing is probably over at this point, even though I still believe he is one of the better peer runners around. Uh, he could be a great two down guy um, or even just a change of pace from Carson. But uh, I feel like Carson here is is in a really good spot. Honestly, probably not all that different from Joe Mixon from value. So then you think about the other three pieces in this trade and you think about the, you know, Kirk Cousins there. And right there, you're already way ahead. You add in Darrington Evans and Travis Fulgham, who both have a pretty good amount of upside. Um, Tennessee being an offense that could potentially grow into, uh, you know, a super offense, essentially. Darrington Evans uh, ha has an opportunity to catch some passes, I think, out of the backfield there when maybe they're ahead or potentially when it's a it's a down that they aren't going to have Derrick Henry on. Maybe he just rushed first and second down, and they're like, well, let me take a breather, take a breather, big guy. And then Travis Fulgham doesn't really have a whole lot to compete with in Philly, so there's a, a chance that he comes out ahead as well, even though I don't think the passing game in in Philly is really all that hyped up outside of uh, the running backs and tight ends catching balls. Yeah. I'm also swiping right here. I think that Kirk cousins is one of the number one guys where the price of his weapons doesn't match his price. When you have a guy who has a top five wide receiver who has a top 10 tight end and has a, you know, top 30, you know, redraft uh, wide receiver and Adam Thielen, like all of those weapons don't match a guy who's being drafted. Let me look at it now that I'm, I'm talking it out loud. QB 22 in dynasty ADP. That doesn't match a guy who has all the weapons around him and still is, you know, relatively young for a quarterback. So it's an easy swipe right for me. And this is where I tell you, um, Dan, that these two trades, uh, I did them in the league where we have the trade analyzer uh, from Dan's league. I, I made these two trades without telling you. <laughs> I, I'm assuming you got the bad side on both of them. No, I got the good side. Oh, congratulations. Look at you making good trades for once. <laughs> I would I, I yeah I would have I would have not told you I'd be like oh, I'm just not gonna ever tell Dan that I did that. <laughs> that sounds about right. All right, next one. Uh, speaking of things we might forget, uh, drunk or not, uh, this was once a very famous game where I often would drink a, a few adult beverages and then trade a lot. 
Um, happens less now, more so because I just don't like, you know, drink as much. <laughs> but but also, I, I don't go to the to make trades as much as I used to. Um, so brought it back just for one one analyze analyzation. If that, that's a word. Uh, Dan, March nineteenth, I traded Michael Thomas in a third for Terry McLaurin in a second. Was I drunk or not? If it was the other way around, I would say you were absolutely plastered. But this this seems like a stone a stone sober move because I mean McLaurin I would rather have than Michael Thomas, and obviously a second is greater than a third. So uh, I think you were sober here. I was I was very sober, but the, for some reason the league chat did gave me gave me some blowback on this that they thought that I was selling low on Michael Thomas uh, when this happened. So they they know they, that Drew Brees retired, right? I mean, that's probably a good thing for Michael Thomas and I that Drew Brees retired. <laughs> well, they do know that Michael Thomas is a crazy person also, right? <laughs> Maybe they don't. All right. Our last one we're going to do. So we got drunk or not. Now let's finish off the show with Debbie or not. Debbie or not. A famous segment where I ask the question, is this person a Debbie or not? Usually have a theme, but we only have two players today. So, um, you know. Is what it is. No theme. But, Debbie or not, first one, Daniel. Chase Garbers. Is he a Debbie or not? Uh, that is a good question. I'm going to say Debbie. Okay. Uh, do you want to give... Let's, let's, you're correct. He is a Debbie. Now, do you want to... It is a Power 5 conference. Do you want to guess which conference? That's a Big 12 player. Wrong. It is a Pac-12 player. Do you want to guess which college? Pac-12, Washington. Nope. California. And <sighs> last one. You want to guess which position? Uh, that's Chase. That's a quarterback. <laughs> yes. Every, <laughs> ch- every Chase ever has been a quarterback, yes. Um. Yes, he did have a three-touchdown passing game against Oregon State. Uh, Pac-12 obviously had an abbreviated season. Um, he was listed under some college sleepers. And final one, Debbie or not, Michael Mamiya. Isn't that the dude that played? Um, uh, who's the underground or the underwater superhero? <laughs> Isn't Jason Momoa? Is that the guy's name? <laughs> I, thought you were actually, I thought you were actually to guess who this person was. Like, Holy shit. No, no. This. no uh, I would say he's not a Debbie. I, I don't believe so. I don't know. <laughs> he is not a Debbie. Now, this one's even harder than than guessing the conference. Um, I, I, I will give you this. He is known for a sport. Do, do you want to give a guess of what sport? Is he like a color commentator or something? No. He is known for a sport. Badminton. No. Okay. Narrow, we're narrowing it down. He's known for one of the. He's known for one of the most for the four most popular sports in America. Uh, NASCAR. That's not NASCAR. <laughs> baseball, hockey, baseball, hockey, basketball. He's not a hockey. Right? He's not a hockey player. Okay. I would then assume baseball. Okay. And then what is he known for in baseball? Ooh. Uh, 
Oh, is that the is that the guy that uh, puts on the full suit and does the sprints around the field? <laughs> no. You ever seen those guys? Those guys are great. No. Uh, the, the answer to the question, Michael Mamiya was a Little League World Series hero in 2005. <laughs> oh, my God. If you would have said Danny Almonte, I would have been all over it. <laughs> that would have been too easy. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. That should wrap us up for a game-filled edition of the Dynasty Straight Cast. Make sure to vote in the Dynasty Courtroom poll with all my great accents. Dan, Dan did not play, play, play along, so I think that should get him deducted points. Um, I get bodied when I do accents. Everyone gets mad when I do them. I think the only one anyone ever enjoyed was the Kermit the Frog one. (laughs) They shouldn't have gone with that. All right. That should wrap us up for this evening. Make sure to like, rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate you guys. And uh, any last words, Dan? Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. We love you. We'll talk to you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.